All right. Well, welcome today. Um, I'm Dr. Greg Moody. I'm going to be interviewing. I'm really excited to be interviewing eighth degree black belt sensei Marty Callahan. He is an he's a multi book author and the owner of Shotokan Karate Leadership School in Santa Rosa, California. Really excited to be here today. I've known uh, Sensei Callahan for many many years, and he's a great instructor. And we're going to talk about martial arts today. So, Sensei Callahan, tell me a little bit about what what our topic is today. Well, uh, great to be with you today, Dr. Moody. Um, the topic today is puppies and kittens. Uh, puppies and kittens, that's a, an, an unusual topic. So tell me yeah. about how that relates to martial arts. Well, um, um, I was thinking about this and I realized that uh, puppies and kittens, when they're young, they play fight with their litter mates. And in the process of play fighting with their litter mates, they're developing the skills that they need to uh, survive when they get older. And this is especially true for kittens, which you know, a cat really is a wild animal. When a, when a cat leaves home or when a cat goes out at night or in the afternoon, they're roaming anywhere they might go. Um, a dog, not so much, but cats definitely and they can encounter any number of other wild creatures or life-threatening situations that are out there. Um, and these other wild creatures, like other cats, uh, they'll get into fights with other cats. And these can be life or death battles that they encounter. I had a cat myself who was killed by a neighborhood cat. She was 13 years old. She was starting to get a little frail, wasn't as... as um, uh, adept as she used to be, um, and she died for the battle that she was in with the neighbor cat. And so uh, for our young students, what they're doing is they're learning how, as they work with the martial arts, it's a little bit like play fighting, not exactly, but somewhat like play fighting that they're, they're developing themselves, but they're hardening themselves and they're strengthening themselves in mind, body, and spirit so that when they grow up and they go out into the world, they can face the difficulties that they're going to face out there, the predators that are out there, the bullies, the braggarts, the people that want to take advantage of them. They can face those people and be able to handle those kinds of battles that they have to face on a day-to-day -day basis. So well, that's what yeah. the puppies and kittens is all about. Well, and I guess I see what you're saying, too, because cats aren't always, you know, when you when you see cats interact with each other as they're adults, they're not fighting each other to the death or anything. They're fight. They're they're interacting and one's yelling at the other one or hissing or they're interacting in a way that's, uh, you know, it's not necessarily them actually physically fighting. There's a lot of if you ever seen cats around or a cat and a dog, there's like mental stuff going on there. They're intimidating each other or and and so the cat's learning then to to uh protect themselves from the other one without fighting too yes yeah there's a socialization process that's going on there with the with the kittens too that allow them to be able to do that because that's the last thing they really want to do is get into a life or death battle if they can avoid it um all animals try to avoid those kinds of battles but there's also territorial disputes that uh animals will have or few disputes over mating or disputes over food. There can be different kinds of disputes that they end up settling with, uh, with some kind of a fight. But not necessarily physical. Do you think that kids, do you think that um, parents who keep their kids away from uh, fighting or keep their kids away from uh, any kind of conflict, 
would then just like for animals there like cats weren't allowed to have any of that socialization when they were young do you think that they'd be kind of not teaching their kids to be able to deal with those kind of uh situations as adults yeah well a kitten that is does not have any litter mates and does not engage in that kind of play fighting and doesn't get that chance to socialize that kitten when it grows up becomes a scaredy cat and they're just afraid of all kinds of things that go out there and they don't function well they don't they don't engage well out there in the world um, they have a, a much more difficult time. They end up hiding half the time, or uh, if, they, if they're owned by a, 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 a human being, then they stay in the house or something of that nature. But they become a scaredy cat. And, um, and children can become the same way. And uh, there are adults out there in the world that are basically afraid of the world. And if they had had more of a um, of a opportunity to engage in the world in a rough and tumble way, in a controlled way, um, then they probably would have better skills to deal with uh, the roughness that they have to have to face or the roughness that's out there in the real world. Yeah, so protecting our kids in some ways, we want to make sure that we protect them so they don't get hurt, but to overprotect them, and uh, we've heard the we've heard the term uh, helicopter parents, but I heard a new term the other day that was uh, w- was even maybe a little more severe, which was lawnmower parents, where they would mow the obstacles down. They were lawn mowing yeah. the obstacles down in front of their kids so that the kids didn't have any obstacles. Um, yeah, I think we saw that a good example of that a few maybe it's been a few years ago now where the parents were uh, paying for their kids and. Getting getting arrested because they were paying for their kids to get into colleges, um, yep. Yep. illegally doing that. And so, uh, ironically, those kids were good good students, and they probably could have gotten into those colleges anyway. But but you know, these rich parents were paying for their kids, and and uh, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and so it's an interesting thing I hadn't thought about. Um, is fully, you know, we've got to be careful not to overprotect the kids, but also to give them some of these experiences and, and that they're getting in your martial arts school. And it, I guess it's really important for the parents that are listening to hear that it's, we're not really talking about the physical conflict that the kids would have when they turn into adults. It's, it's the other kinds of conflict that they'd have, right? Yes, Exactly. And that's what happens with the um, with a, a an animal that has experienced, like a kitten or a puppy that has experienced a lot of play fighting as they get younger. They avoid the fighting later on, or they have the the knowledge. The, you, the real way to avoid fights is to have confidence in yourself, and it's having gone through the play fighting experience or what happens in our school, the martial arts experience, having gone through that martial arts experience, it gives you a world of confidence that you wouldn't have otherwise. And so you can face situations that could turn violent or could turn physical, and you can um, figure out a way to um, keep that from happening. And you keep yourself safe that way. I myself did that. I I had... uh, um, two brothers that, are, that were a little younger than I is, and we fought constantly as I was growing up. But now, once I started taking the martial arts, I started when I was age 20. I've been doing this for 50 years. I have never been in a physical conflict because 
I find other ways to avoid it. I don't want that. And I find other ways to avoid it. And, but it's been so powerful to be able to, um, because I know that I have the skills that I can handle the situation. It's just given me the confidence to be able to walk away or do something else. So would it be, would it be true to say that, that it's when I know when there's a conflict or something happened in my life that it, it, I notice I get nervous or get scared that people might get less nervous or scared and with, with more training or more experience that you'd be able to make the right decision instead of making the wrong decision, because just out of fear or out of, uh, you know, they say fight or flight syndrome, you'd, you'd be so scared that you'd either fight or so scared that you'd run away. If you have more training or more experience or more comfort, when these kind of things happen, you'd be able to make some sort of rational decision. Yeah. The, um, you, most people will, who get into fights, get into fights because they're afraid. They're afraid that they're, they have to prove themselves or that the person is going to do something that they can't control. Whereas if you're not afraid, if you're confident, if you're relaxed, you can think more clearly and you can make better decisions. So it's, it's absolutely true. Yeah, it seems like in, in adult life, there, the conflict typically is in actual physical fights. It might be more like, you know, being nervous about speaking in public or being nervous about um, somebody that you don't like or that there's a, uh, there's a conflict at work. Would that apply to those kind of situations too? It, yeah, it applies to all those situations because the, the confidence is confidence, a belief in yourself that, that you can get through this thing that you're doing or, and that you can not just get through it, but do well um, at it. And um, it applies to all that stuff. It almost seems like the reaction that we have as humans, you know, back in the Stone Age, maybe the conflict ended up being a fight or it ended up being a saber-toothed tiger attacking us or whatever it was. And that's still built into our system, isn't it? And, and then the conflict now might be fear about speaking in public or fear about other things like that. And we still have the same kind of instinctual reactions and same adrenaline going off. Uh, don't we? I mean, isn't that we're not that many years removed from the Stone Age? We are some, but we're not that much different, are we? No, it's uh, it's still in our genes there, and um, you know we we have those reactions that uh, we have to temper and we have to be aware of and and control. Yeah, and I've seen, you know, that it's important, is, especially when we're talking about working with kids. So that puppies and kittens metaphor is pretty good. Is it different for the, would you say that, um, is there something, you mentioned kittens a lot, is it different for the, is there something different about the puppies metaphor that's uh, different? Do they play fight different? Or is it different for boys and girls? Well, um, it's not much different for puppies and kittens as a matter uh, for puppies as it is for kittens. As a matter of fact, all small animals, all young animals uh, do it. If they're in a litter of some sort, they play with each other, they play fight with each other. The only difference is that in our world today, puppies are more domesticated. Dogs are more domesticated. Uh, where I live, you have to keep your dog on a leash or you have to keep him in a yard, you have to keep him in a house. But cats aren't that way. Cats go outside and they will roam anyway, anywhere. So in that sense, a cat is a wild animal. Um, so the cat is a, a little bit of a better metaphor than a, than a dog would be. Um, yeah, I guess we want our kids to be independent too, right? 
we would we want our kids to be more independent like the cats i don't know if i depending on if you're a cat person or dog person maybe you don't want your kid to be like a cat or a dog if you if you want to be like the animal you like but in terms of independence you'd probably want them to be more like the cat than you would want them to be de more dependent like the dog or because the dog's been bred to be more domesticated uh that yeah. would probably be a better choice yes yeah i don't want to tell the dog people that because they probably get mad <laughs> yeah i have a dog myself and uh <laughs> she's a she's a lovely puppy yeah, and I met your dog. I think, and I, I, I think that it's yeah, a you did, dog. yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, well, that's a that's really amazing. I, I, I think that's an interesting way for people to understand how martial arts can help, and why, and for parents, why they should, uh, why they should really invest the time and effort into uh, into having their kids experience something um, as important as is uh, is martial arts. Yeah, it's, it's preparation for adult life and uh, in all sorts of different ways. And, and probably for adults, that's true, too, especially if they haven't uh, gotten the uh, that type of, of work when they were young. But even I imagine, you know, for me, as I do martial arts as well, when I'm training, I think it there's still room to grow. There's still room to get better and better and better at these things as an adult. At least I can testify to that. Yes. And I started training when I was 20 years old. So I was an adult when I was training. I didn't train as a child. Um, uh, and, and the adult is in a different stage of their personal development than a child would be, but they're still developing. As long as you look on it that way, and you can continue to develop all through your whole life. Um, but you got to take that mindset. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Sensei Callahan. It was great to get to talk to you today. I know we, we'd we like to keep talking about this longer. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to talk again about some other topics and everything. And I, I had never thought about that metaphor of puppies and kittens. So it was a lot of fun getting to talk to you today. Yeah, nice talking to you too, you too Dr. Moody. All right. You have a great day and we'll look forward to talking to you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, sir.